I got used to dancing, enjoying dancing in the rain, right? And yep. it's like, but you know, it's gonna rain, it's gonna pour, and when there's a storm, you know, it's normally always put, like it it comes together, yep. right? And I said, you know, we had some couple of difficult months and a lot of big change because we scaled so well. Yep. So it was self-inflicted damage. But, you know, I, I, and then there's multiple things happening and people were starting to get worried or upset. And I'm like, it's fine. You know, you just get used to dancing in the rain. My name's Rudy Moore, host of Living the Red Life podcast, and I'm here to change the way you see your life in your earpiece every single week. If you're ready to start living the red life, ditch the blue pill, take the red pill, join me in Wonderland and change your life. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Living the Red Life. I'm here with my right-hand man, Mike, uh, all the way from Australia, but then moved to England and then flew from England uh, to join us out here. This episode, we're going to talk about the successful traits of an entrepreneur, and we're going to do what I call reverse interview style. So I'm going to interview Mike about the successful traits he's seen in me over, he's known me for 10 years. Uh, I actually used to work for him. He was my manager 10 years ago and it flip-flopped, but he's known me for 10 years, and a lot of people ask, you know, what makes you so successful, really? How do you achieve success? How, what's your mindset like? And it's always hard. You know, you have your interpretation, but it's always interesting to hear other people's that, you know, understands business well. You know, Mike's got a great resume, managed massive teams. Uh, he's a Guinness World Record holder in tennis and achieved a lot in his life and a lot of business experience. Um, so I'm excited for this episode. I think you guys will find it entertaining and hopefully take away a lot of great mindset things and look under the hood of our company, you know, 100 staff that'll probably do 20, 25 million this year with a lot of extra entities on top of the celebrity side. So Let's dive in. Mike, first question. What, when you first met me 10 years ago, I was at college, right, as a personal trainer. What was your initial first impressions? Yeah, so, yeah, when I first met you, you were definitely different to the other people that we had coming in for interviews and for the position and personal training where I was working. So you were definitely different. So you you stood out because you were different. And when I say different in the sense of you had like a bit of a quiet awe about you in the sense that a lot of the other people we interviewed were really loud, brash, out there and all of that that were trying to make a statement. But you actually made a statement from for not being that. So you stood out the opposite way, if you'd like, that you would maybe anticipate a personal trainer to stand out. So that sort of, that was one of the biggest things that I noticed about you in in that first sort of snapshot. And then as you sort of progressed and, you know, we went through the progress, the process and, you know, you got through, which was great. And, you know, we put you through a, you know, a vigorous training sort of tasks to get you through to see if you were at the level that you know we wanted to coach our clients on and you were and again you had that calmness about you and you know in the activities that we had you doing I think we had you on a cross trainer and we some box jumps or something stuff like that you were focused uh, concentrated and present you weren't groaning and oh, and you know making a big song and dance about things. You were you're in there and focused, and I and that for me stood out as different. That, and I thought that was great. Yeah, and just for context, if you're listening or watching, this was a personal training job. I was a college student, but it was a very prestigious gym, like one of the most famous gyms. So I wanted to work there for my resume, and it was a lot of high end clients. And it was an interesting interview. It was like a free part. 
And you know, the first, I mean, the initial one was a big group one. It was like 10, 12 personal trainers. And I still, I, my memory is terrible, but I do vividly remember this interview process. Uh, I mean, it got, you know, most of the rest of that year got damaged by alcohol damage from drinking too much <laughs> as a student. But I do remember this part. And, you know, you're in this room, a bunch of personal trainers, and they go around the room, you do intros. And then I'm sure one of the questions was like, why should we hire you over everyone else? And you had to say that in front of everyone else, which I, you know, found interesting, funny and entertaining. And now, you know, we obviously have radical transparency in our company and sometimes ask awkward questions in front of other people. And then I, then you went into the fitness element and there's definitely a lot of like big fitness bodybuilders that were way fitter, probably yep. from an image perspective than me. But I had good cardio and I was also smart. I knew how to, you know, achieve the, the goals. Yeah. And I did well there. So it was an interesting start. And then obviously we stayed connected. So so what about fast forward to today? Obviously you worked in more corporate. You've worked with big companies, big organizations, international brands. What have you found different to what we do here, what we run, how we run the show here, how you obviously help run the show and how I operate as a CEO? Yeah, again, it's very different. And again, I had a sense of this at the beginning when we first met and obviously we became friends after you, you know, progressed and moved on to the US and you know done all your successful things that you've done. So since coming on board and working with you, like I, I feel like I have a bit of a head start as opposed to other people who are new into the team because I've got that and I have a bit more of an understanding with you. And some of the things that sort of stick out for me is with you and it's super important and I try and get with anybody who's going to work with us or you directly to yep. sort of give them the Rudy, you know, the top 10 tips for Rudy type thing. And so it, what I noticed w with you is the calmness and the focus okay. and the unrelentlessness of being able to take something that is a little bit all over the place and being able to condense it, put it together, neat, tied, bow around it type thing and then be calm during that process you know in business we all know that there's going to be some turbulence yep. especially when you're growing and scaling and doing those type of things and to in, in order to be good like you are you need to be calm during those times so i i notice that a lot about you i also notice you know very some clarity for people on your expectations and what they need to deliver. And you're un you're relentless on that. And I like that because it's very clear. There's no sort of gray areas. You know, you're clear. This is what I want to do. This is how it should be. And where you go and you, you follow up on it. So yeah. there's some of the things that sort of stick out. Well, I think there's important out. points on there. Like the first one is, I mean, I got very good at, you know, I use this quote in my company a lot and I've started to use it more and more is I got used to dancing, enjoying dancing in the rain, right? And yep. it's like, you know, it's going to rain, it's going to pour. And when there's a storm, you know, it's normally always like it, it comes together, yep. right? And I said, you know, we had some couple of difficult months and a lot of big change because we scaled so well. Yep. So it was self-inflicted damage. But, you know, I, I, and then there's multiple things happening and people were starting to get worried or upset. And I'm like, it's fine. You know, you just get used to dancing in the rain. Yep. And I think mean, that's one of the most important skills of entrepreneurship. Uh, I spoke to one of my good friends yesterday, Ben Pakulski is a pro bodybuilder. 
built lots of successful companies and we were chatting about it, right? It's like in life, when you're pushing your limits, there always seems to be something. And if you look at pro sport, they do well and then they strain an ankle. They do well and then they say something stupid in front of the news and now they're blown up on the press for a year and, you know, they lose their contract and then they get drunk one night and push their wife or they slap their husband. Now they're in the press again. And there's like, so there's always something, right? And then, and I mean, if you want to have high levels of success, you've got to get used to that. And that's maybe, I think that's where the calmness came because I don't think it was always there. Okay. But after you've done it for five years and you used to, I used to get a lot more stress. But I mean, I had like this a, a kind of wake up, not wake up cool, but slow transition of, hey, if I want to do this for the next 30, 40 years, I probably can't stay stressed (laughs) like this all the time. Uh, And then I also learned after it happened enough of nothing's ever as bad as you think. That's kind of one thing I've learned is like you always work it up 10 times more in your head. So you, you have to just stay the course, right? And I think that's what you say. And then the next thing is expectations for all of you out there building a team, hiring your first freelancer or employee. Whoa, 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 wait a second. Before we go into the rest of this episode, I'm gonna interrupt abruptly and just ask you one big favor. I hope you're getting a ton of value, a ton of knowledge. I hope you're getting some breakthroughs from myself and the guests, and I want one thing in return. What I would love is for you to subscribe and leave a review. The reviews and the subscription grows the podcast. It allows me to bring you even better guests. It allows me to invest even more time and money into this podcast to bring you the latest and greatest, the best entrepreneurs from around the world that are crushing life, crushing their business, and giving you all the tools, the mindset hacks, the knowledge, and the environment you need to be successful. So do me a favor, if you've got any amount of value from today's episode so far, or any previous episode, or any of the content I've done, it would mean the world to me if you hit a five-star review, give us your feedback on the show, the episodes, and subscribe and download. Plus, if you do that and send me a screenshot on Instagram at Rudy Moore Life, I will send you a bunch of my free training, marketing courses, sales courses worth $499. Yes, $500 worth of courses for a simple 30-second review. It would mean the world to me. Send me that screenshot. I would love for you to leave that review, and I would appreciate it very, very much so we can keep growing this show and make it awesome. So let's get back into the episode. I appreciate you guys, and let's dive back in biggest piece of advice is in your head what you think is clear and understandable and good expectations is definitely not clear to the person on the other side of it and I almost treat people and talk at a third grade level which some people don't always enjoy but I do it because it's like I would sooner that than the pain of missed expectations and misalignment which is some of the worst things that can happen in business so I'm always you know third grade level is this clear okay just to be clear one more time though just be even though you said it was clear at 11 a.m you are going to send me this good right Uh, yeah and i think that part there ties into your competitiveness as well because that links you know being clear with somebody because we want to win yeah you want to win and you are where you are now and we are as a company because you want to win and we want to do well and we want to get to those dizzy heights yeah but being having that clarity and speaking to somebody at third grade level isn't belittling. It's not to be, you know, making people, you know, be treated like children. But because we want to win so well, we want to make sure that we're setting that person up for success. Yeah. And that's why I believe you do that. And that's why I believe, you know, I was talking with one of, you know, some of the guys in the team there. It's our jobs and, and your job as a CEO to set people up to succeed. Yep. 
And you can't set people up to succeed if you're not giving them the right tools and if you're not communicating to them in a way that's going to proactively help them do their job at a high level. Well, the thing too, even when I coach clients and business consulting is when you get, a, we're going to drive to my castle tomorrow, right? It's nine hour drive from yep. Tampa. It's in the mountains in North Carolina. When we turn on the GPS, it doesn't say these are the 274 directions you are going to take. What it says is it shows you a small screen where you can see about a hundred yard radius and it shows take go right and then you're going to go left and then in the top border it really says the next step so it shows you one step and then maybe at the top it shows you the second step mm. so it's really the same with clients and businesses i consult or with employees it's like hey yeah we're not speaking at third grade level to sound make you sound silly it's more just we want to make it real basic and yeah. simple like this is it right and it, and most people i think you go through this like learning curve where when you start to get a little smart, you overcomplicate everything. And then when you get, like people say, you get more to that genius or like really high level, you actually come back down the other end and simplify everything. And yeah. I saw that in the sports science fitness world after 10 years, getting really smart and then realizing it's the basics and the same in the business side. So, yeah. so we've talked a lot about, you know, expectations, communication, how I handle situations. Anything else you've seen or seen in the company or how we operate as a company that you think is part of our success? Yeah, I do. And one of the things that, well, it's a bit like your story, really, yeah. and where you've, you know, where you've come from to where you are now. And you've done that through progression. You've yeah. done that through learning. You've done that through development, spending time with like-minded people, intelligent people, you know, people who are going to add to your you know, add to your goal or your journey to yep. get you to where you want to go. And what I think we we do well here as well is we always promote the progression for people inside the company. And I think you're good at doing that because we, we sort of say, hey, listen, you're coming in to do X with us at the moment. but And when you get really good at X, then you've demonstrated that you can do it then why wouldn't we put you on to, some, on to Y or why wouldn't we get you doing Z? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So, so I think we do that really yeah. well. But we, and I won't sort of shy away by saying this, but we do this with people who are superstars or who are doing a really good job. So, you know, set people up to succeed, get them to demonstrate they can do the job at a high level then we get somebody else to do that job for them and then we progress them onto something else. Yeah, and I mean, gr growth equals change, right? And I shot a podcast on this a couple of weeks ago too. Like the faster you're growing, the more change and the more opportunity you create. So, you know, this company that we're sat in right now went from zero to 10 million in two years. And I still had my other companies, it's just this one we grew from a from a new entity. And there's a, if you grow to 10 million, that's like a lot of decent amount of revenue and a lot of positions, especially in this sort of company. We have a lot of employees because we don't sell physical products or anything. It's all manpower based. So we, we don't have, you know, any cost of goods, but we have a high labor cost. But that does create a lot of opportunity and cross training, cross roles, promotions, senior roles. And I think that's something that's important as a leader, too, and a CEO and entrepreneur is understanding your vision and then casting the vision to the other people, right? Which yeah, is to kind inspire of, yeah. people. Yeah, so they can see because, 
you know, I mean, and, and that's why people join entrepreneurial businesses. We might not have the healthcare benefits that a Fortune 500 company has, and maybe probably not the security either, right? But you'll, but you, I always say to some of my staff, I'm like, you're not going to get a five or ten grand pay jump, salary jump in corporate every year or two. But in this company, if you change roles, you can, and that's pros and cons. And I think having it clear for. Uh, your staff on where you're going and then but most importantly the key part you're saying is how they are interconnected to that yeah. is something we try and do well and it's always a fine line of promoting people too quickly and giving too much opportunity which I mean we definitely have made the mistake of as well with many people and just balancing that yep yeah. yeah I agree I'm I think being able to set the standard and the level that's expected and then rewarding that level yep. for progression keeps people excited, energetic, fresh, all of those type of things. And that's why I think we we do. I think that's what you do. That's what you've done on your journey. And I've done some of that along my way as well. Otherwise, I wouldn't be sitting here with you either, you know. So yeah. so it's I think that's super key about being, you know, proactive with your team and making a difference to them yeah. in what they're doing at their job. Uh, and what about, just to finish the last few minutes, Let's talk about marketing because you came in, you weren't from a big marketing background, more operational business growth standpoint. And obviously sport was a big part of your background too. So you learn a lot of digital marketing, right? You didn't know a whole term when you came in. So I think that you can probably give a lot of lessons too, just from watching because you have this unbiased opinion almost, right? Yeah. So what are some of the biggest things you've learned about marketing and for everyone watching that's trying to grow to their first million or to 10 million, like that you've seen us do over and over again that's created success? Yeah, yeah, quite a journey really for me to start from where I was to where I am now. And I think, again, the pathway for me for my education and learning enhancement was a lot through what was provided to me as well as on the hands, you know, hands-on type of thing as well. So for me, you know, front-end offers, you know, call to actions, you know, big promises on our, you know, sales pages and that is super, super important and was a big learning point for me about what to look for. So when I look, you know, when I'm scrolling through Facebook, I'm seeing the others, I'm comparing to what we're doing. And then a lot of the stuff around the back end about how we fulfill people, how we satisfy clients, how do we provide the opportunities for people to engage in what we do. Sales is a big aspect. So I've been leading the sales team now for probably a good 12, 12 months or more. And and what that, what our nurturing sequences look like, what our actual calls, and we've evolved the scripts together yeah. as well. So those type of things are super key. But I think what stood out most is around, you know, how we can, how we, how we, get a customer and how we bring them into our business. And then once we bring them in, whether that be through a funnel or an email or whatever, how do we get them in? And then how do we get them on a call with one of our team? And then how do we help them get to that goal that they want to get to? So yeah. things like that have stood out for me, definitely. Yeah, the sales process side, yeah. right? And then the we're very good. And I think what's so important these days, I teach you guys a lot, is the irresistible offer, the front offer, the mm -hmm. thing that hooks them in. And you've seen all of that develop and seen how that's worked. And that's generated millions and millions of dollars in sales from those customers, right? Just by creating those. And the other thing I'd add to that too for everybody who's watching is it's about optimizing and it's not about just doing the same thing over and over. You have to 
you know, when we get something that's working really well, we don't just, sure, we leave it there, but then we look at how do we make it better or what could we split test or optimize to make it better. So I would say to everybody out there, whatever you're doing, keep doing it if it's working, but then look at the little offshoots that you can do on top of it that makes it work even more. So that, Yeah, and some of those offshoot ideas make us another million dollars over a year or two, exactly. right? Yeah. So, I mean, when you start, you get into this idea, and it depends on your goals. If you want to make 200 grand a year, maybe this is true, but if you want to keep growing and grow a massive company, it's not like, oh, I can just build this one product and sales process, set it, and forget it. It's like maybe if you want to make 200 grand a year, you can. Yep. But if you want to grow to millions, then tens of millions, it never stops, right? It's like, you know, baking, right? If you work in a burger joint, you can't just make a few burgers, get them ready for the day and say, okay, I'm done. It's like, no, there's like new people every minute coming in and you're just in turn and turning. And that's what we have to do. So last question to wrap up today. Anyone listening that's trying to be successful, maybe like I was 10 years ago, what have you learned being part of this world now, watching me grow, your own you know, business growth? What would you say to everyone listening? Yeah, what would I say? I would say surround yourself with like-minded people. I would say surround yourself with smarter people than you and never pretend that you know everything. Okay. They would be my top three. And they and I see Rudy doing that. Well, I've seen him do that. Yeah. Because you don't, you know, you've got some, you know, really obviously successful skills and personal bits that really have got you where you're going now and the businesses. But I think, you know, you've also demonstrated those three key things at a high level to help you get to there. So I that's what I would suggest to everybody. If you're not doing that, those three things, you should be doing those things now, which will really help you get to that journey and that goal. Yeah, good. All right, love it. Well, I appreciate you coming in and excited for the week ahead. And I mean, it's a hopefully an interesting episode for everyone to kind of see under the hood and behind the scenes and from the side observation, because I can always say, hey, here's what I think made me successful. Here's what I mean you should do. Here's the key focuses. But sec, you know, different perceptions are really important. So guys, you know, work on these things. Uh, we're going to do a second, sh- second show, second episode on the operations of a $10 million company and what it takes logistically and the ups and the downs and the pros and the cons. But until next time, you know, you can tune in for that one in a couple more weeks. Uh, but until then, keep living the red life. Yeah. Take care. Thank you.